Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about when's the next new raid? A lot of people are kind of questioning, will we get one next season pass since we didn't get one this one in Season of Dawn? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. I'm usually live when these hit the feeds, and today we're going to be talking about when's the new raid coming. And I wanted to address this. I think I did another talk before Season of Dawn saying I don't think we're going to be getting raids or raid layers. I don't think that's the plan going going forward they did lose bandwidth they did lose vicarious visions and now that we're sort of seeing the substance of what we're going to get every season i thought it would be good to sort of do an update on sort of some of my predictions and thoughts on what bungie could do but also sort of set that expectation is that i just really don't think we're going to be getting raids more than once a year so i'm going to start by talking about season of dawn what did we get what can we sort of extrapolate from the substance and the size of Season of Dawn to sort of make reasonable predictions about the next couple of seasons. Second, I want to talk about layers, sort of. How they could do raid layers in a sort of kind of way, a quasi sort of way of doing raid layers. And lastly, I want to talk about a raid NPC. Yes, a raid NPC. I'm going to bang on that drum until they do it. I really think a raid NPC has some great ideas. I've even got newer ideas for what they could do with a raid NPC. So Season of Dawn. Given the scope of Season of Dawn and and what we got, and for the $10 price point, I think even a raid layer the size of Eater of Worlds is extremely unlikely going forward. If the spring and summer seasons are anywhere near the size and scope of Season of Dawn, I don't see room for a raid layer, even Eater of World size. I just don't. I also think doing an actual full-size raid every year would be hindered by that because Bungie would have to divert their raid team resources and time and development and bandwidth to a raid layer instead of working on the raid that we could get next year, or I'm sorry, this year in September. We're in 2020. I gotta change how I talk about it. Seasons really seem more focused on the core audience content, and then they build spectrum within it. And what I mean by that is when you look at the sundial the sundial feels built for the core audience and then they build spectrum within the sundial so maximizing all of your four obelisks hitting level 92 on the season pass going for god rolls these are all things that are there as a spectrum for both the core audience the casuals and the hardcore player but raids are sort of in that that upper echelon aspirational style content so raids I would even include dungeons in this I think it's again far more likely if we're going to get aspirational endgame content investments in any of the seasons, it's going to be Trials. We're already hinting and thinking about that. It's it's already all but confirmed by Bungie that Trials is going to make a return. It's really a matter of when, I think, at this point. I think that's more likely to happen in, instead of like a raid or a dungeon. The spectrum of grind in the pursuit allows both the hardcores and the casuals to enjoy the content. So if you're trying to sell a $10 season pass every three months, I think you're doing that with more investment and thought put into the artifact, the season pass that you level up and get stuff from, and then that core activity and loot grind. I think that's really where they're setting their sights and focus, and I don't think raids fit within that. However, however, I do think there are some things they could do with the yearly raid and obviously I'm going to use Garden of Salvation as an idea where they could do layers raid layers sort of okay Garden loot pool seems to be a little bit structured in a strange way there's no heavy weapons it's like a couple kinetic what two kinetics it's mostly you know energy weapons your secondary slot and I think that is an indication that they could do some things with it whether or not they plan to or not they could use a couple of things. Number one, contest modifier, modifier would be the easiest thing just to turn back on and have a contest modifier version of Garden next next season and then have different loot that drops when you're in contest modifier. That would be easy, low-hanging fruit. They've already done contest modifier and they know that it works. You could turn it back on again. It would be its own version and then they could add some guns to the loot pool. I don't think that's asking for very much. That's not a brand new raid. That's not brand new encounters. That's not brand new anything. Guns and armor are getting built every season in any way you could do a couple you could do maybe you know i would say two heavies and two kinetics and then that's a that's a new gun for every encounter because you got four encounters right and then you could do ornaments for the armor pieces the armor pieces are already kind of built with ornaments on them there could be optional ornamentation that adds on to what's already there that you could be earning and unlocking by playing or those could be dropping from the from the chests instead of or alongside of the guns or something like that 
that would be a really really easy way to say hey here's some new raid content in an existing raid that's already there there's also something they could do is just say look we're going to do contest modifier but we're also going to change the encounters a little bit the encounters are there they're big there there's a lot of space there's a lot of room there's a lot of things they could do with the encounters themselves to modify them by you know champions are not really in there they could do that they could make the bosses be a little bit harder or or maybe add things that the bosses are doing now that gets a little bit more involved that takes some time that takes some development and they might not have time to do that if they're really really wanting to do an excellent raid every year the raid team might not have time to do that but at the very least i think this could be an easy way to revisit a raid in a midway season so you'd have like the raid land in september you don't do anything in the winter and then in the spring sort of that middle season you do like a revisiting of the raid with contest modifier and an updated loot pool as a reason to go back in there because when you look at the loot pool and garden it could definitely be fleshed out there's a lopsidedness to the weapons also they could update the armor to drop with better stat rolls for crying out loud the, the garden of salvation raid gear was dropping with really really poor stats they could update the seasonal mod slot too to say hey if you get the garden of salvation raid you know armor in when contest modifiers active we're going to give you a universal slot so you can either use garden mods or those new charge with light mods and they could code it to where the stats would trend a little bit higher. That'd be a really good and strong loot incentive for people to go back in. And, you know, people are kind of asking for it. They're like, man, why not do contest modifier? There's something fun about the raid kind of feeling hard again. It gets, it becomes a bit of an easy button for people that run it every week, and that would be a nice update. And another, and another wonderful compliment to this raid and any future raids they do, if they're wanting to do one raid a year, would be a raid NPC. And I don't mean a raid NPC like Benedict, where he didn't really do anything. He was just a token dump, and then he let you like buy stuff that rotated every week. I think a raid NPC with a seasonal rank and seasonal pursuits is a needed idea. If you're only going to do one raid a year, this would be a great way to keep things fresh every single season. Maybe you're not doing contest modifier and adding, you know, guns and adding loot, but you could take a raid NPC that says, hey, this season we've got a couple of frames so if you've really been trying to get a a good gun from the raid we're going to give you a little bit of help the raid's been out for an entire season so now for this season you can get these two frames just just two maybe three that are there for the whole season so you could get like the gospel and the the pulse and maybe the rapid fire fusion so you're like okay all season long i can go for those frames i've got to run the raid to complete those frames those are giving me extra drop chances on guns that maybe i didn't get last season also in line with those three guns you could have really cool ornaments for those guns that you unlock with a certain rank you level up the npc throughout the season you're grabbing bounties from him you're getting benefits from getting higher rank like you do on the obelisks and then you could say look it's it's a reason to revisit the raid it makes the raid relevant at least to a certain degree and if we're honest the people that run raids regularly i think would like a system where i can finally go intentionally after a gun roll that i didn't get last season i still never got the roll i wanted on the rapid fire fusion and i could chase it and secondly now i can get some maybe some cool ornaments to stand apart a little bit i'm still running garden i'm still doing it you know and i'm raising my rank it gives you a reason to stay in that end game loop of content every week running the raid One other thing they could do, then, is the following season. So right now, Season of Dawn, we could have a couple of guns chasing a couple of ornaments. And then when Season of Spring hits, you reset that raid NPC rank. You give him some new frames, you know, so then it would be the bow. And then... I forget what some of the other weapons he has. The bow and the shotgun uh, and and something else. You know, three weapons a season. Now you got some more weapons you can chase that then also have coordinating ornaments as you level him up. I think the easiest, most low-hanging fruit option would be to turn on contest modifier. You don't have to do the NPC, but I really do think an NPC is a great way to say, we're going to have one raid a year. Because then at the end of the quote-unquote year, a hardcore raider would have everything. They'd have all the rolls they want. They'd have all the ornaments for the guns. They'd have they'd be decked out as a raider from Garden of Salvation. And that would give you this sense of completionism that is sort of stretched out season to season instead of being like, well, I ran the raid for like a month like crazy, kind of got most of the stuff I want, but then all my buddies got sick of running it. And then, you know, the next season, you don't really, you know, touch it. The only reason we've been going back into Scourge lately is because I still don't have the Anarchy and we just checkpoint farm that. Each season would then represent 
a piece of that and of that of that yearly rate it would sort of refresh it and kind of represent a piece of it and it would be uh, a couple of things it would be intentionality for some loot that maybe you couldn't get as well as some vanity items like ornaments ghosts ships sparrows and things like that that did seem to get put into the eververse be another reason to do that so i really and truly think one raid per year is probably what we're signing up for but these are some ideas that bungie can maybe consider doing to keep raids fresh and refreshed and relevant as the seasons develop over the year after it comes out as always we're going to go to question and answer next if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my Q&A session that followed my talk about when will we get a new raid and in between getting, I think, bigger raids every year. What could they do to extend the raid content? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live on Twitch by going to saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. Going to jump right into the questions. First one from T-Funk. Uh, could Bungie, oh, should Bungie continue to outsource full or parts of the DLCs? I think Endgame is struggling again. T-Funk has been pretty good to bring this up continually that there there is a bit of a shift in when they made the annual pass with Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence, there was a push and they said it was for the hobbyist players, Forsaken and beyond. I believe the year that followed after Forsaken was an overcorrection and they they focused a little bit too much on the hobbyist players. I believe we're more central now. We're in more of a central position where the content being delivered can be enjoyed by casuals, moderates, and hardcore players alike. And obviously, hardcores are going to run out of content a little bit quicker. Getting to level 92, getting all four obelisks leveled up, going for god rolls. These are things you can do at a speed that other players can't. I do believe that is there for you as a hardcore player. But I will concede the fact that it's a little light at the end at the end game feel okay end game doesn't have to necessarily be difficult but without a raid i do think it's challenging for people to feel like oh there's a really really great end game cuz the pve audience is strong every day but i do think that that end game hardcore hobbyist player is starting to feel like this is a little bit light now some of that's because that's what we're getting. We're getting $10 seasonal content that is lighter than what we got in Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence. Like, we knew that was going to be the case. So, in my estimation, if they're going to give us lighter content out of necessity of bandwidth and, and less developmental power, if they're going to give us lighter content, I do think shortening what's there for the hardcore endgame grinders is probably the right call. What I said in my talk was, it feels like they're they're more focused on the core audience, like that center core group and I believe that's why the PvE numbers have stayed so healthy. PvP is, is, is hurting, but the PvE numbers have stayed healthy because I believe I believe they're focusing on the core audience. So to your question, should they outsource part of DLCs if possible? I would hope the revenue generated, you know, while being self-publishing and, the, you know, some of the revenue reports from Eververse and stuff seem pretty strong. It'd be pretty nice if they could contract some of these companies. Now, maybe they could do that. There were there were guys from Bungie that left that started their own companies. They would be familiar with Bungie assets and creating, you know, uh, Destiny content. So they could conceivably say, hey, we'll kickstart your new company by, by, by subcontracting you to build something for us. Um... I don't think Activision would allow that with Vicarious Visions to, you know, I don't think they would want to be kind to Bungie after what happened. That wasn't a good look for Activision. I can't see them playing friendly. Um, And the Crucible looks like it kind of bounced back. 771,000 Crucible players yesterday. That's a bit of a bounce back and a resurgence from where it was with 500,000. So maybe the holidays were hurting Crucible. And then PvE is just under a million at 942. So those are pretty solid numbers for the new year, first week of January. That's, That's pretty solid. How many weeks we're already into Season of Dawn? That's encouraging. Again, to me, I feel like that's that's a sign of health and success to have numbers that strong five years into the franchise and this far removed from substantive content drops uh, like deliveries. So I I I don't disagree with the notion here though that like look if you guys have really good revenue streams right now start subcontracting so that these spring and summer seasons or even seasons beyond September like I believe September 2020 September of this year we're gonna get another DLC we're gonna go back to the dreadnought. You know, the seasons beyond that, you could start bolstering those seasons right now by subcontracting people to fill those in and make them a little bit bigger, more activities, more going on. I would definitely get behind that notion. 
it's raining lead. I'm afraid we're out of guns at this point. How many god rolls are there? How do you feel about this? This is why, for a very, very long time, I have been banging on the drum. My one-string banjo has been reset the loot pool sometime or really lean into new perks. And that has been one of the signs, I think, of, of life for Season of Dawn. People are going for Osmosis. They're going for Vorpal. They're chasing the new Waveframe Grenade Launcher. Those things feel fresh and new and nice because there's new perks. But at the same time, the the loot pool is going to get really, really bloated. I don't think people understand what they argued for and I, and I continue to say this. A year ago, I was banging on this drum. Forsaken should have reset us, should have left stuff behind, should have pushed us forward. Could have done it again in Shadowkeep. Not the whole loot pool, maybe some of it, I don't know. But there's got to be there's got to be a pruning, okay? You got to prune the loot pool or it's going to choke itself. And we're starting to feel that now. I do think a return to primary, secondary, and heavy and a true return to elemental primaries would be a really, really smart move. Then you could start to invest in elemental perks. So you could be going for a scout, a hand cannon, or an auto rifle that has elemental perks you've never seen before uh, because I think there's a lot more creativity potential with elemental perks instead of just damage and reload perks like we commonly chase now. I think that would be a big win. I don't think that would undercut Osmosis as a perk because if he has Osmosis on a scout that is arc and you're running a void subclass, you can change your gun's you know element on the fly, which... I believe would be a nice perk. So I think Osmosis would still retain value uh, beyond if they if they were to do that. And I also give I think that gives them a lot of freedom to say let's go elemental perks, let's go down the road of elements because that's going to be able to give us a little bit more creativity. So sure, you're chasing hand cannons and auto rifles and scouts that are similar in archetype and design to ones you've used before, but there's brand new perks. And I always use the Genesis chain as an example. We had lots of guns by the time Wrath of the Machine rolled around, and Genesis Chain was about as plain Jane as you could get. It was a black Suros test auto rifle. It was basic, and they put the cool SIVA stuff on it, but there wasn't anything immaculately cool about it or powerful about it. However, Genesis Chain had synergistic perks on it that had never existed in the game before, and Focus Firefly was a very, very enjoyable and fun perk. It wasn't God Tier, it wasn't Power Creep, it wasn't the best in class of, the, of that style weapon, but people think back fun on the Genesis chain for that reason. I believe you can do creative, unique, and fun elemental perks that would drive people to chase the weapons because it changes your experience and it's fun, and sometimes that's all that's needed for loot pursuit. I I say all this combined with the mindset of eventually the loot pool has to get pruned and reset. I don't think that's unavoidable. There's only so much you can do within the archetypes of hand cannons, auto rifle, scouts, pulses, sidearms, etc. Like there's only so much you can do within those archetypes before you're like, we've kind of done everything we can. Now you're just chasing guns that you, you sort of already have in your loot pool. Kaj Gaming 1. With the voice capabilities we have now on console and PC, could you see this kind of tech being implemented into calling your ghost and giving it basic commands like take me to Ormit, summon Sparrow? You can do that, I believe. Can't you do something like that with your your, your Amazon Echo, I thought? In, in any case, um, this is not a front burner issue. This is not a needed quality of life or tech advancement for the game right now. This is frills. This is this is window dressing. They have so much more to focus on right now. I, I, I wouldn't want them really dedicating any time to this because this isn't going to do much for us in the way of ritual you know content loops and and grind why am i haunted hey lono just like the waveframe grenade launcher how would you feel about bungie introducing more new archetypes of weapons like a lightweight auto rifle or a precision pulse rifle uh either as a weapon frame bounty or new ritual weapons i think this is this is along the lines of what i just said a moment ago about go for perks perks you know uh, elemental perks especially are a great opportunity to have diversification of the of the loot pool and more dynamic and unique combat experiences that they don't have to be best in class, you know. And you could consider doing something like they did with the champion mods. You could introduce weapons that have elemental perks that are really really useful in new encounters. What if there's a new encounter in the spring and enemies have something called skin shields, okay? And skin shields aren't the same as the elemental shields you see, like, around them. Their skin is, like, glowing that color. And you could have a perk that's designed 
<clears throat> excuse me, to bust that shield with a unique type of damage over time, okay? Now you've created a new unique pain point, and you've created a weapon to satisfy and engage with that pain point. That's a Metroidvania-inspired kind of thing. That's what the champion mods kind of represent. So you could say, all right, now we've got these, ele- you know, we've got these guys running around with, like, elemental skin shields, where it's, like, it's, it's, it's woven into their skin, and they are harder to kill and they 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 take longer to kill until you pop that shield and if you have you know if you have perks that are designed to do some sort of damage over time shield break you would say this new content these new boss areas this new this new difficulty is something that we need this perk for so you would farm for it now maybe not need but it would certainly add to your efficiency you don't need anti-barrier or unstoppable but man oh man does it help when you're in really challenging content so if I was Bungie you could start doing that you plant a pain point in the content and then you meet that pain point with the weapon and that drives people to new weapons, new perks, new roles, and new experiences like we've had with I loved running Ariana's Vow in Nightmare Hunt's Time Trials I liked it, it felt cool, it was a new pain point, it was something I'd never engaged with before, and I had a weapon to answer the call I think that's 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 a way to move toward that idea yeah, armor that you need to knock off first you could have guys come out with armor pieces what if they come out with crit blocking armor pieces so your your ttk on the on the on the enemy takes a long time they start wearing like helmets vex start wearing chest plates and you're like oh my what but you could have guns with an armor buster perk where when you boom 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 three shots the armor pops they're stunned and maybe they take increased damage for a short period of time the flow of combat doesn't change when you do that think about it you'd be killing the trash ads almost exactly the same speed of efficiency however combat would feel different like we got armored enemies all right you switch boom 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 their armor starts popping off and breaking off and you see it come flying again you introduce a pain point in the combat and then you create a perk and a weapon type to meet that pain point I think that I think champion mods are potentially if I'm Luke Smith champion mods are a microcosmic experiment for something huge and bigger in the next game or the next iteration you know of the game to say hey you know we, we introduced unique pain with champions and we had champion mods here's how people responded here's criticism here's how it landed and now we can have a more elaborate system going forward I, I think that the champion mod thing is uh, an experiment for a more long term plan and I think it's smart the Archon Lord Hey Lono, I totally agree. A raid is too much, uh, but a small raid could also be an amazing dungeon. Do you think we could turn our attention possibly towards a dungeon once a season? But dungeons are very different. I also think dungeons are huge. They are enormous. And they're three-man. So I think a dungeon per season is also sort of out of step with the reasonable expectations of what they can deliver for a $10 season. One dungeon a year, one raid a year, I think works. Now... Could they space out the dungeon? I don't know if you want to do that. The dungeon being attached to the DLC makes sense. It's a more substantive purchase. It's a more substantive delivery. So putting a dungeon in an a la carte season seems a little out of step. It seems like it'd be more attached to a DLC than a season. Just in my mind, that's kind of how I categorize it. So again, I, I just I don't think this is 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 a reasonable request not because i don't like dungeons or don't want more of them but i just i don't see them building these every season it just doesn't seem like it's it's in line with what they're what they're doing and able to do jd correctly how would you feel about zur selling something like phase glass needles so you can reroll exotics like back in d1 i've i've taken this idea and kind of said no to it because i think it'd be more interesting right now we're in zur's menu okay I should be able to tab over to another screen. Right now, I, I go to Zer, I tab over to another screen. And that screen should look like the exotic collection screen. It should look like this, okay? And really, it should look like this. Exotic armor. It should look like this. And as long as it's not grayed out, right? These are None of these are grayed out. I've gotten all of these armor pieces. I should be able to go to one armor piece a week, and I should say, you know what? I've been using Luna Factions a lot lately, and I'm going to spend however number legendary shards or whatever, and I want a three-of-coin style thing for Luna Faction boots for the next week. 
So you buy it from him and it lasts a week. It's a seven day thing. It's some sort of debuff that you put on your character. Anywhere I go in the game, if an exotic is dropping, it's it's incredibly likely to be Luna Factions. So I do that and for that week I'm like grinding and I'm on the lookout for a god roll Luna Factions. I think that's better because what that does is that takes something that we like to do, which is chase and see loot drop and check the rolls. That's better than just being destiny rich, going to Zur, buying us just a stupid pile of, 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 of phase glass needles and just being like, click, click, click. Oh, I finally got a God roll. I, I just, I think it'd be far better to say, let me, let me, let me, let me chase this armor, you know? <clears throat> Let me let me let me chase this armor. Cause just today I finally got an exotic drop and it was it was a pair of gauntlets I have no interest in and they, it wasn't even a good roll. It was the controverse hold. I'm like, I, I don't I don't want these and it was a terrible roll. So it's just like I the, the the exotic loot pool is really, really big. I don't really think you can rely on world drops. Now I know people are gonna push back and say, Oh, but the nightfall the nightfall is really, really generous. Oh okay, but again, I could go in there and consistently get Luna factions to drop for a whole week. I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. I've earned Luna Factions. I have Luna Factions and can use them. I would just like Void Affinity or a decent stat roll. I'm not asking for that much when I make that request. I have earned Luna Factions and can pull them from collections and use them. I would like them to be Void or Arc or Solar so I can use the mods that I would like. I don't think that's an unreasonable request from the player. Hockey Dan. Do you think dungeons would be good substitutes for endgame PvE content? We just had this questions. I think dungeons are great, but again, I don't think they can be delivered more than about once a year because they're huge. Uh, next question is from T-Funk. Of raids, dungeons, and etc., uh, only once a year, why do the loot pools suck? Tons of missing guns. If we had more weapons, we'd still be running. I do think this is a strange decision from Bungie. If they know they're going to be doing one raid a year, I don't know why they didn't have a larger loot pool or come up with a system with bounties or a refresh loot pool every season or something. It's possible, as I've said before, I think the loot pool in Garden does seem to maybe point to a refresh loot pool later on. Like, hey, contest modifier's on, and now when you run it with contest modifier on, there's a couple heavies and some other things. Those aren't in the database yet, but so... But they do feel like vacancies in the loot pool. Um, what you can get of the guns in Garden, I would say they're good. The rapid fire fusion, the hand cannon, the pulse rifle, the sniper, they're all great weapons. They all can get good rolls. None of them are amazing, but at least they're good. They're not trash, you know. Um, <clears throat> they're not they're not pointless weapons. I would say, though, if they're going to do this, that's why I came up with the idea of the NPC. You need to invest more in the loot pool. It needs to refresh itself at some point or have more reason uh, for me to grind it. Charles Edward Cheese, I know there's no way to know at this point, but do you think they can really squeeze another year and a half of juice out of Destiny 2 rather than transitioning to D3? Seems like console performance is pretty rough at this point. I think they can. I think one of the reasons they pumped the brakes on eternally adding to the content uh, the game for the next year is because they need to bring back the Dreadnought next year. I'm sorry, this year in September. September of 2020, eight months from now, I believe the Dreadnought's making its return as a space, as a place. Savathun is going to be the main you know, antagonist. And I believe that's one of the reasons they said, look, we can't add anything more over the next year or you're not going to have room for the Dreadnought. Um, that's, that's just obviously a theory, but that's a theory based on the fact that we were sort of told in so many words, the Dreadnought was making a return as DLC for Destiny 2. At the end of the campaign, the Light of the Traveler hits Mercury, then Mars, then the Reef, then the Dreadnought, and we were told that's the order of the DLC. So, the Dreadnought's in there, and it got skipped. So the moon jumped in line. And I don't know if that was because... When they maybe when they analyzed what they were doing and, and breaking with Activision, they said we're going to need another year. We need buffer because I think they want Dreadnought to be the crescendo and final year of Destiny because of our memories of of of, of Oryx and our and how much Savathun has been hinted about. I think that's one of the reasons that they're doing this. They want it to feel like a crescendo and an end, <clears throat> and I think because of that. They had to shuffle. They had to shuffle the dreadnought back a year. 
I believe Destiny 3 is landing 2021, and this year is going to be a Taken Queen DLC. I don't know if they'll call it that. I feel like that's an easy marketing home run to call it Taken Queen and have it be Sabathun-centric and, and bring back the Dreadnought. I think that's powerful. I think if you do that combined with the Galahorn, you have a you have a huge, huge moment and a huge DLC sale rate. JD Gamer. Hey Lono, do you think we could see Bungie remastering D1 for PC and the new PlayStation Xbox? I don't think so. No. That's a ton of work with with very little payout. I don't think so. I would love it. Trust me. I would love that. Uh, you know, you know, that's like saying I would love for somebody just to donate a million dollars to me. I would love that, but the likelihood of that happening probably not, right? I just I don't see them going back and using all those resources. I would love to run Wrath, Kingsfall, Crota, and Vogue with the higher frame rate, the bigger FOV. I would love to go to the old places, run the old strikes with the with the with the better performance. I would love it. I, re- I really and truly would, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Next, Harris. Do you think it's a good idea for Bungie to release less frequent but bigger content drops like two to three seasons a year? The number of active players drops significantly this season because it doesn't have a raid. This is false and untrue um, and 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 not representative of the numbers at all. Uh, prior to Season of Dawn, there was 1 million, 1.2 million a day in PvE and a little over a million in PvP. PvP drops significantly. PvE, PvE has maintained a million players a day. So this is a misrepresentation of what has happened. Uh, and the numbers are actually very healthy and strong on the PvE side. Also, the reason this is wrong as, as a premise and an argumentation is that only about 10% of the community raids regularly and those numbers are still maintained. If you look at the million players a day, there is still about 10% of the player base raiding every day. So even within the realm of raiding, raiding percentages are still where they typically are. So I this premise is provably incorrect and I don't, I just, I don't think that rating drives daily PVE numbers for the duration of a season. I think that that's that's very, very provably false. You can use the Charlemagne bot, you can use the Charlemagne bot to get uh, to get population numbers and that's what we use anytime we're looking at these numbers we use that we use the Charlemagne bot and it gives you the numbers I think you have to do oh is it is it no it's not I think it's, it's dollar sign pop uh, yeah yesterday overall 1.19 million players played 1.08 million played PVE um, oh, Destiny Tracker's inflating Crucible numbers because of Gambit. Gambit's still included in that total. Crucible is really, really low, according to Charlemagne. 411k. That's a big drop. Holy moly. Uh, 200,000 played Gambit. That's where you're getting that close to 700,000 number that we had from Destiny Tracker. Raids, 150,000. So 150,000 people played raids yesterday out of a million. Again, it, the, 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 the percentages are holding. I, I just... I, I really do think that I really do think that people are are mis misreading the player drops. PvP is hurting. It's hurting. It's bad. Um, it's in a bad state, and people are leaving the PvP player lists and hoppers, and that has a a compounding effect. It has a compounding effect because when the numbers drop, matchmaking takes longer. Connection integrity goes down, and people quit because of that. They're like, well, this is taking forever. I only have two hours. I'm sitting in freaking orbit for forever. And they leave. And then more people leave. More, 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 more. Just down from a million. PvP is down from a million a day, down to 400,000. That is huge. Keep in mind, oh, it's New Light players leaving. No, that is not true. New Light launched in October all the way to season of dawn 1 million pvp players a day i kept pointing it out i was like that's crazy that's so high that's so many people it was like 800,000 to a million a day we get into season of dawn and just pvp numbers are just getting driven into the ground People were potentially waiting for trials. That's possibly true. I also think it's related to the fact that the ritual weapon is extremely easy to get and also not that interesting to PvP players. I think it's a, it's, it's like a double and triple whammy. It's getting hit from all lanes of incentive. People are like, I don't care, dude. 
I don't care. Iron Lord. Besides opulence, what's your favorite season? Um, man, I don't know. I think Season of Dawn and Season of Undying were really fun for me. I really liked them. I think I'm I think I'm actually grinding more this season. I don't I don't know. I'm playing longer. Black Armory was pretty good too. Once we got over the painful hump, those first couple of weeks were kind of sour. But Black Armory was pretty good too. Although Niobe Labs soured it and the leveling and infusion costs sucked. So I think we're I think we're in a more well-orbed time now where I've enjoyed all of it. I've enjoyed leveling, the bounty grind, the weapon pursuits, the new activity. I'm kind of enjoying all facets. Black Army it was like, "Oh, it's cool they introduced, you know, weapon frames with Ada. I like these weapons, but I hated leveling. Infusion cost was freaking annoying, uh, and then Niobe Labs was like a big punch in the gut." So, I it was it's more consistent now for me at least. For me personally, I feel like it's more consistent which I think the numbers are kind of indicating that on the PvE side of things. J-Rig. I understand that without uh, High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions working on other Bungie content, they have less bandwidth, but do you think that they need to outsource again? Uh, T-Funk already asked this question, and my answer was basically yes. Uh, Outsourcing would be a good idea. Rise Prometheus. Do you think that receiving only one rate a year, a la Destiny 1 style, is something that Bungie will return to? My entire video is about this. Yes, I think that's what's happening. Uh, Excluded. Do you think that they should change the way you grind for stat rolls on exotics? We just outlined how I think they should do it with Xur and the three of coin style thing that you could do for a particular armor piece for that week. I think that that would be uh, the right call. Rice Prometheus. Do you feel like the charge with light mechanic will is, will last beyond the season? Current reception of the mod seems lukewarm, but the inclusion feels like the next step of improving builds. As far as we know, it's going to become a standard thing from language that they've used about it. We that kind of remains to be seen if if they misspoke or if it is or it's going to evolve or be stronger. We don't know. Um, Palms. Do you think that the current and bo- uh, and the current and boss mechanics are getting dull? It's always multi-phase task plus DPS combo. Yeah, see, this is where I think a lot of times we've talked about bosses. I have a whole talk on bosses. I forget a lot of the argumentation I made in that video. <laughs> it's a pretty recent video. But a lot of the argumentation I made about boss fights was generally centered around the idea that it's okay, I think, to have phases, but I also think it's okay to have burns. It's okay for me to master a fight and burn the enemy down and I think that it's okay for Bungie to set up structure for you to do that and I would use unstable essence as an argument in in favor of this if I go in the room and do a particular thing that gives me a buff or a, a level up of efficiency in the fight and I'm allowed to one phase the boss that's cool I don't need to do that every time but you have to understand something Eventually, I believe part of the power fantasy experience is just obliterating a boss. The first couple times you fight him, you don't know where he's going to go. You don't know the mechanics. Maybe you're not very strong. Maybe you don't have a great loadout. And then a month later, when you go back in, you smack the crap out of him. I think that's fine. This is why difficulty spectrum is important. Because every season your artifact resets, you'd be below endgame delta, you'd be below the 980s, 950s, or whatever, and you'd be a little bit weaker, and one phases would be tougher. And then as you build up, you get to the point where you're outputting more damage again, you have the fight finesse, you know where to go and stand, and how to use the mechanics in the room, whether it's scorch cannons, unstable essence, or whatever. So I think having fights that have like those, almost like those identity driving mechanics, whether it's a scorch cannon, or an unstable essence, or a a charge having something like that in the fight that if leveraged properly leads to better efficiency and one or two phases i think that's fine i also think i think people overstate that it's like oh it's bad that we're one phasing bosses i don't know if i agree with that it's a strike boss who gives a frick we've killed him a thousand times what's it matter that i lean into the burns of the week and i use the right loadout and destroy the guy like that's kind of what a power fantasy should feel like i'm stronger i'm more decked out with my loot i understand the game more and i burn this sucker to the ground difficulty spectrum comes in and says ah 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 you can't do that their health pool is too big now okay no worries we gotta think smartly about the room now and how we navigate it again I think difficulty spectrum is a better 
is a better iteration and evolution of making content not be so, oh, you get it done in one shot. But when you look at Nightmare Hunts, I believe Bungie misstep, but it was a misstep. It was kind of good and kind of not. The idea was great. We went up in four levels of difficulty, and when we did the 950, we got supreme nightmare mods that gave you increased grenade damage against nightmares, increased super damage against nightmares, increased boss damage. You could run all that stuff and go in and bake the ever-loving frick out of the boss. That's my reward, right? You're stronger now. They do that in other games. Congratulations on beating this quest. Here's an axe. And you take the axe, you're like, oh, thank you. And you go back in, you're like, kaplang. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is easier now. I just I just completely obliterated that boss. That's fine. It's just a grind. It's just a grind. And difficulty spectrum would be a justification for the boss taking a little bit longer or not being a one shot or, you know, or taking a little bit, you know, not being so easy. Because then it's like, oh, it's difficulty spectrum. As opposed to what they do now, which is, oh, well, you can't one-phase this boss. Why? Oh, he disappears. He goes and hides behind a wall. Yeah, in the middle of your super. Yeah, I know. Solar damage is on. Brawler's on. You're having a good old time with Blade Barrage and Knife Trick, and you're feeling saucy. But, yeah, you're going to use your super on him. And in the middle of your super, he's going to go immune and disappear. That's just dumb. That's That's dumb. If... Listen, if you want fights to take longer, do it in a way that's not cheap, because that's cheap. Fnatic is the absolute worst boss fight in Destiny. It is terrible. If I was going to write a book about how not to design a boss fight, he would be in there almost the entire time. He's terrible. It's it's a it's a cheap rip-off mechanic. It just rips the player off, and you basically just go through the motions. Like, all right, fine. Kill the ads, bring him out, do some damage. Okay, he's immune again. All right, kill the ads. He's coming out, do some damage. It's it is horrendous. It's horrible, right? And in the other in the other realm, people are like, well, we just go in and burn him and melt him. That's boring. I disagree. I think if you go in and finesse the fight and know what to use and use the right loadouts and melt him down, that's the way to do it. And if you want to press against that. If you want to press against a team one-shotting a boss, do what you did in Nightmare Hunts. Raise the difficulty, all right? Half of the Nightmare Hunt boss fights were good. We got to the point where we were going in and like scientists, we're combing over the fight, we're combing over the, you know, unstable essence, where should we stand, where should we go? We finesse the fight, boom, and we're rewarded with one-shotting them, okay? And then the other fights in Nightmare Hunts 980, they were a freaking joke. Because, like, if you did too much damage to the boss and didn't one-phase them, you were punished! I would have happily, happily two-phased most of the Nightmare Hunts. It would have been easier and more controlled. But you can't. Why? Because their mechanic is cheap. It's like, oh, you did too much damage, so... (laughs) Yeah... You know, you don't get damage phase number two. Just goes immediately immune, and you gotta fight twice as many ads. <laughs> like, there's nothing to call that other than dumb. That's dumb. You punish the player for using the internal mechanics that you have. Unstable Essence and Supreme Nightmare Hunt mods. You literally give us the ability to dole out a bunch of damage, and when we do that, you punish us for it. It's bad. It shouldn't go that way. They're so close. Half of the nightmare hunts, they're, I mean, they're right there. They're right there on the edge. You go in, right loadout, right stuff, when to go, you know, Ariana's Vow, dealing with the champions, blah, blah, blah. Get to the boss room, run the supreme mods, grab the unstable essence, maximize your damage, melt the boss, boom. That feels good. That feels satisfying. And I got freaking news for you. Most people can't go in and do that. A lot of the guides I put up on how to one-shot a Nightmare Hunt boss, a lot of people can't do it. I have people coming in saying, Lono, you're trying to thread a needle. This is dumb. Just go for the two-phase. Go for survival. Run run rigs tether. And a lot of the times we did, we just had to go for survival. Well of Radiance, etc. So, again, we finesse the fight, and you can't be like, well, you're just one-shotting. That's chintzy. No, it's not. It took, it took literally, some of those guys took hours of figuring out the exact way to run it, stand, and, and maximize our damage output. So, 
I think there's a better path, alright? One-shotting bosses isn't the devil, and making things harder isn't the devil, but there's a right and a wrong way to do both. And I think, by and large, when they've tried to make things harder with immunity phases and stuff, I believe Bungie has ultimately failed to make that interesting and, en- interesting and enjoyable. It's mostly frustrating and stupid. I never play the Fanatic Strike, and neither should you. Every time it comes up, I back out. I want them to see internally the stats. Yeah, Fnatic has the highest uh, the highest quit rate of any of any strike. Everybody drops in first and leaves. I want Bungie to see that, you know, because then they'll be like, "Well, we got to make a change there." That boss fight's clearly unappealing. It's hard enough to go in there with Arc Burn, let alone when he's going immune all the time. Uh, beef down low. Do you think strike exclusive armor will make its way back in? I have no idea. I, I think that there's definitely a. Um, but Mindbenders, but that's a Nightfall thing. I'm talking Strike Playlist. I think that the best thing they could do with the Strike Playlist is do something with Zavala where you're running frames or something that can be refreshed while you're in the Strike Playlist, so you just stay in there. And you get better XP the longer you're in there, and the frames complete faster when you're in there. I just think loading yourself into the Strike Playlist hopper and staying in there for like 5-10 to strikes is far better than going to a specific strike on a planet and grinding for armor drop or gun drop or something. I I don't think that's the right call for the strike playlist. It's a playlist where people should stay and just keep going and stack those benefits and those reasons to stay in um, and, you know, and getting and getting drops. Dr. Cleveland, uh, sorry if you already had this question, but what are your thoughts on paying extra outside of your current season pass structure for maybe a raid or a dungeon done before in the middle of the year? This just wouldn't work. This just wouldn't work. I I feel like you've made this suggestion in another Q&A. I've gotten this almost exact question before. It must not have been you. Um, Tone the well-known. Thank you for 30 months, Tone. I just now saw it, dude. Almost three entire years. Welcome back, homie. They can't do this. You can't offer piecemeal content. Like, oh, Dungeon's $5. I think that would be terrible. I don't think Bungie wants to go down this road. Iron Lord. Do you think there'll be another season of Drifter content that's mainly Gambit or PvP related? If so, would you be fine if that with a small story mission and a couple of strikes? No. For the same reason, I don't think they're going to be doing raids every season or raid layers. I think they're focusing on the core audience. I think Trials will be a part of something, whether it's in this season as a surprise or next season. I do think Trials will be there, but I do not think there's going to be a central themed, you know, PvP or Gambit uh, season pass. Luke Smith seemed to indicate that in his director's cut. Rise Prometheus. If we're only getting one raid a year, do you feel like expanding difficulty options have to exist? Adding contest modifier to the raid... Uh, has been talked about quite a bit, but would the raid need something closer to what the Nightfalls have to ramp up people to the hardest difficulty? No, I, I think Contest is fine. I, I said that in my talk. I, just turn on Contest Modifier in Garden, and when you go in there, the loot pool gets an update. There's new guns to get, and maybe armor ornaments. You know, I'd be fine with that. Contest is, we don't need to overthink it or overcomplicate it. JD Gamer. Hey, Lona, do you think this season is better than Season of the Drifter with people saying this season's a letdown? I just think the player base numbers are are a proof that this is false. Gambit Drifter numbers were atrocious. Uh, PvE dropped very quickly to like 800, then 700, then 600,000. Like, Drifter player base numbers were horrible. It was about half a million a day in each hopper, and PvE is still very healthy at a million. I think the PvP crowd is driving the negative dialogue. I really do. I know there's hardcore people that are burned out and are kind of done, but they're not saying the season sucks or is bad or is dead. They're also coming back every week, especially when there's a hard difficulty on the horizon and exotic quests and stuff. The people driving the overly negative stuff about people saying, the season's bad, it's a letdown, I'm done, I'm quitting, oh man, the game's in trouble. I think most of those people are PvP players, which is understandable. Those numbers have dropped significantly. Iron Lord. Do you think there'll be another season of The Drifter, which is just game... No, we just had this question. Um, Ash and Hollow. Why were people worried nobody would be do Sundial and instead pursue the bounties for the guns? Everyone I read kept saying the bounties were the best way to farm for them, just confused. I think people pumped the brakes on doing this because it was data mined. We need like 5,000 Fractaline for some achievement uh, or some, some triumph whenever um, the Empyrean Foundation comes around. So people pump the brakes on that. But homie, let me tell you, it's going to be way faster to run frames than Sundial. The, some of those frames are so easily done. Honestly, the most efficient thing would be to do is just stack frames of the weapons that you want and then go run Sundial. You get four at the end of Sundial guaranteed. You can work on the frame while you're in the Sundial. 
You know what I'm saying? I've got so much Fractaline, I think people are going to start bypassing the Sundial, which is why I think Legend is landing when it's landing. I think people are saving up their Fractaline, and they're like, well, wait a minute, what's Legend going to bring? Hopefully Legend brings a smart loot incentive so that you go in there instead of just running the frames. Excluded. Why do you think it is that Bungie made it so so to Charge of Light does not work on boss damage, was tested on Sanctified Mind? Uh, it's meant to be complementary to your meat and potatoes combat, more than likely. They don't want raid armor uh, breaking the game. I'm sorry, not raid armor. They don't want armor breaking the game because there's already raid perks that can really give you tons of damage, like the um, enhanced relay defender. So more than likely, they were like they were, they were applying the same rules and principles of like, we can't have too many buffs stacking. Um, so. Bro... Uh, bro, Sam, bro, Sama, uh, bro, Sama, be lifting, <laughs> being lifting. Uh, do you think Bungie messed up this season's mods in that that we can completely ignore using them? Yeah, well, Charge with Light doesn't seem to be uh, lucrative enough or, or or winsome enough. Also, I do think the lack of armor grind is hurting it. It's like I'm not gonna. How am I even gonna grind for armor? There's not a really good intentional armor grind. If you're talking about the artifact mods. For the guns, those two, it's like you can kind of ignore them. The anti-barrier guys are easy enough to kill in Sundial if you use the right guns during the right, like, modifiers. You just kill them down. And then the Unstoppables are really the only ones you gotta worry about. So I'm running, like, a scout or a, a bow every time I'm in there. Um, you can kind of ignore those two. So... Other people have said, though, Charge with Light is really good and they really like it. So I definitely think Charge with Light is being subjectively judged. Like, some people are like, oh, it's pointless. Other people are saying it's good. I'm saying that I don't care. I'm having a different response. I'm like, I don't care. I, there's no way to grind for armor. I, I can't. I'm not just going to use random pieces that drop. Now, I could I could pivot to all the seasonal drops from the season pass because they have really good stat... They have, they have pretty good stat rolls and they're all void. But again... I'm more apathetic about it. I've just developed kind of a I don't care attitude. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and do this. You know? The Dawning enters its final week. Bake and deliver holiday gifts to your favorite characters. Defend the timeline when the Legend Sundial goes live. Visit Saint-14 to start the exotic quest for Devil's Ruin. So on Tuesday, this coming week, is the final week of Dawning. um, And Legend Sundial goes live. And then Devil's Ruin exotic quest. So, little announcement in game for you. Iron Lord, do you think after Dreadnought comes back, would you like to see a return of Siva or another new enemy? I, if you've ever been here before, you know, I don't get really hardcore on, do we need new enemies? Um, you know, do we need more enemy? I just don't think that's that important. I think content loops with good combat and satisfying weapons and supers and stuff are more important than like new enemies. And you tried to submit another question, Iron Lord, asking about a community challenge. Empyrean Foundation might have a community challenge attached to it about like, because there's a there's a there's an emblem that like tracks how much fractaline you donate. Skyrim Mage, do you think year two exotic raid exotics should have a system like EP where if you don't get them in one week, higher chance? Hundred percent, yes. The exotics of the one K voices, the Anarchy and the Taraba, bumping Anarchy to ten percent is honestly that 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 that's like half measure. Those raids are old news. Up the drop rate significantly, or like you're saying, put in drop rate protection. Uh, come on, man. Just let me get the Anarchy. I'm not even going to go for the Taraba. It's not worth it. I'd like to get it to fill out my collections, but it's not good enough to suffer through Crown every week. I just, I don't like Crown that much, and I don't want to go in there for some insanely low drop rate chance on the Taraba. So, the, the raids aren't relevant anymore, man. Like, they're old news. Like, just up the drop rate, you know? Um... 10% is the highest without ruining other drops if people want them. I mean, I have a checkpoint saved on my Warlock if folks want to do it. You know, I could do it while I eat my lunch if we've got a team right now that wants to go in. So, because that is the last question. Listen, if you're here and you've never been here before, this is like an interactive podcast. It is a family-friendly stream that you can hang out and listen to all day long. Remember to click follow and turn on notifications. I'm going to keep on streaming, but I'm going to end this segment. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.